The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, we've got Patricia String on the line and we're going to talk about her book, Native American Resilience, a story of racism, genocide and survival. The book covers the racism and genocide that marked the relationship between Native Americans and the colonisers. So good afternoon. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. And you, Toby? Yes, I'm doing great, thank you. So what led you to have this interest in Native Americans? American history? I was a non-traditional student, uh, meaning that I was much older than the rest of the um, children, kids that I was going to school with. And um, I took, in my last year of school, I took a uh, class on American history. And in that, I learned uh, about Native Americans in a way that I never had before. And it got me interested. And um, then later, I was invited to a uh, luncheon for graduating non-traditional students. I was sitting at a table with people that were discussing the fact that the Native Americans had been pretty well um, eliminated from discussions as a result of the uh, 1948 UN resolution on genocide. Mm. And that really, really upset me. So those two things are what precipitated my my interest and my continuing research. Whereabouts were you living during that time? At that time, I was living in Kentucky, which is a state that's kind of in the middle of the United States and east yeah. of the Mississippi River. And that was a an area that was very well settled by Native Americans, with Kentucky being reserved as their mutual hunting area. So I it, it just so happened that I was living in then an area that was had been heavily populated by Native American people. And how did that influence your interest in the Native American history? Did it make it even stronger? It did. Um, in addition to that, the Native American uh, museum that is in North Carolina is a Cherokee museum. 
And that's what then helped me really understand more about the Cherokee and the struggles that they went through. Yeah. Part one of your book features the Cherokee. Yes. Tell me a little bit about them and their culture, if you can. Native Americans in general have occupied the what is now known as the United States for centuries. And the Cherokee were a group that lived and occupied not, I mean, they weren't a large number of people, but they did occupy part of what became five states in the United States. And North Carolina has a group of Cherokee currently living there, and they have their own government But the majority of the Cherokee were forced to migrate to Indian Territory west of the Mississippi River. And so they have a large community there. I believe now they have over 300,000 people, not all living in that area, but members of the Cherokee tribe of Oklahoma. What part would you say racism played in the settlement of the Americas? As I was researching this, I was amazed because racism is evident in the writing of of 4th century uh, people and and those were taken from the uh, ancient Greece historians. Mm. And at that early in that stage, um, Asians were depicted as being fully clothed, often scrumptiously so. Africans were attired and sometimes revealing, but always elegantly clothed. And the people of the New World were considered to be physically and biologically different and less in less than Europeans. Basically, they were considered to be beasts. So, um, you know, as as we progressed, of course, then the um, people, these explorers came with Columbus and after him, um, the population of the Americas was decimated first unknowingly and then purposely when diseases were introduced because the natives had no natural immunity to those diseases. Then war killed off many, many of them. Others were captured and took as slaves to Europe. I didn't realize that Columbus had been an African slave trader before he became an explorer. Mm. And so it was just natural for him to take slaves back to Europe. Um, Some of the tactics that were used, which horrified me, were called dogging tactics. And they actually, the European explorers, actually took mastiffs and other large dogs that they had used to fight the wars in Europe. They took them with them, and the natives had never seen dogs, and they were terrified of them. And the um, explorers would grab the babies from the mother's arms and throw them to the dogs, and they would just rip them apart. Wow. And um, so it was a very brutal era. I think it's a widely known fact that we often credit Christopher Columbus with the discovery of the Americas, but there were already people there, so he didn't really discover anything. That's correct. And that's why there has been um, a pushback over the last five five to ten years yeah. that 
we shouldn't celebrate Columbus Day because it's a celebration of the discovery and he didn't. Yeah. What part would you say the various European countries played in settling America? The English and others uh, deliberately attacked the non-combatants. So they didn't just focus on fighting the men. They would go and they would deliberately destroy uh, and the crops, the housing, kill the women and children. And there was one particular incident that occurred in the mid-1600s mm. where there was a mass murder of over 700 men, women, and children who were, who were actually celebrating their green corn ceremony, which was equivalent to our Thanksgiving. And the soldiers shot them as they came out of their meeting houses, and those that they didn't shoot and remained inside were burned alive. And the governor of Massachusetts celebrated this as a victory over the enemy and the first official Thanksgiving Day which, of course, does not go with the traditional Thanksgiving Day that we think of and and celebrate here, where the Indians brought food and we all sat down and celebrated a meal together. So after the war for independence from Britain, how did the new American government deal with the Indians? The colonists turned their... uh, fighting from the English to their attention to the American Indians using tactics that they had learned when fighting the Irish. And Washington, who is celebrated as one of our great presidents, actually told his generals in 1979 and in, I'm sorry, 1779 and in 1783, that it was a war of extermination, that the Indians were considered mere beasts and they were something to get rid of to the last man, woman, and child. But interestingly, um, Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson, along with many others, studied the Iroquois Great Law of Peace And they were a a group of Native Americans that lived along the East Coast. And this law of peace was used, and Jefferson submitted in 1754, a plan for a representative government based on that Iroquois great law of peace. Um, Then later, they utilized uh, federal trading houses to get the Indians to sell their land. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The trading houses were where the Indians would go to buy muskets and ammunition and um, iron tools that they didn't have access to and cloth. And they would get the Indians in debt to these trading houses. And then they would uh, clear the debt by the Indians agreed to sell their land. So that was a big way that they were able to gain land without going to war with the Indians. And what was the involvement of the Cherokee in the Civil War? By then, they had been moved, forced to move, to the uh, west of the Mississippi River. And what I didn't know was that there were, that the Cherokee, along with a lot of the other Native Americans, actually had slaves because when they were east of the Mississippi, they had plantations and they grew cotton and all this, just like the, the settlers were doing. So the slaves went with them, and during the war then, they, Cherokee, um, they were divided on whether they should fight with the North or the South, and ultimately they went with the South. One of the reasons was that the um, Northern government cut off the money that they were supposed to pay the Cherokee because they were afraid that they would use that money to buy war goods that would be used against the North. Another reason is because the Northern government never did give the any of the Indians, and particularly the Cherokee, who are considered one of the five civilized tribes, did not ever give them a right to set with a representative in the government. Mm -hmm. So that was two things that the that the South did that the Northern Northern Army didn't do, and that was a good reason for the for the Cherokee to go with the Southern group. That turned later, and they went to the north because Chief John Ross, who was a very well-educated um, Native American Cherokee, and he had not wanted to go with the South, and he finally convinced uh, the, the Cherokees that they needed to go with the Northern people. Yeah. Now, a few moments ago, you pretty much described a genocide, and you actually talk about that in part two of your book. Where did the concept for that come from? Interestingly, there was not a concept for genocide until after World War 
War II, and they were finding the concentration camps and learning about the number of deaths of civilians that came about during World War II, before, and during. And that came to the conversation of so many people world, well, I guess I should can say worldwide, because so many people were involved in the war. And one of the people uh, that immigrated to the United States was a Polish uh, lawyer named Raphael Lemkin. And he came here to escape the persecution of the Holocaust in 1941 and felt that there needed to be something to describe what was going on. Uh, so he is the one that actually termed the con or coined the concept of genocide. Then in 1948, the uh, UN resolution on genocide uh, was written and it was voted on by President Truman actually voted and signed it. But Congress did not agree. And it was not until 1988, 40 years later, that it was signed by President Reagan during a stopover in Chicago. At that point, it had been significantly changed because the U.S. was concerned about charges that would be levied against them for their genocide against Native people specifically, but also other ethnic groups. What would you say are some of the other social issues affecting Native Americans today? During the 1950s, the U.S. government um, implemented a program called of Relocation, they were trying to get the Native people um, off of reservations and moved to the cities, primarily the cities along the middle of the country and on the West Coast. So Chicago, L.A., San Francisco, those cities. And they kind of just moved them there, but didn't really provide them with the resources to um, find a job, to get an apartment, or any of those kinds of things. So it was a very um, disruptive uh, relocation of the people. Some of them were able to find jobs and get settled into them, and they lived there and raised their families there. Others stayed for a, a, a while, maybe five, ten years, and then they ended up moving back to the reservations. We also have a large problem of murdered and, I'm sorry, missing and murdered indigenous women and children here in the States, with 506 of them missing in 71 urban cities in 2020 alone. Wow. So, you know, that is a, a big problem. Something that you have probably heard about because Canada and the U.S. have been in the news with um, the boarding schools that were instituted, these were done to to separate the children from their parents, from their communities, and they had a large emotional, physical, and sexual problem with them being a force to attend those schools mm. uh, with over 500 um, unmarked graves that have been found on the various school grounds. The children, when they were taken to the schools, 
they had the first things they had was their braids were cut. They were forced to wear white men's clothing and shoes, and only English could be spoken. And of course, when you've never spoken that language, you're in a new environment. And you have to ask questions and you don't know how, so you do it in your native tongue. And they were punished severely for using their native language. So how many federal recognized Indian tribes are there in the U.S. currently? There are 574 currently recognized. The importance of being a federally recognized tribe is that they are eligible for funding and services from the Bureau of Indian Affairs, either directly or through contracts, grants, or compacts, which gives them um, monies that otherwise they would not be eligible for. And how come they need this money then? Native Americans living on reservations are some of the poorest. Uh, A lot of them are equivalent to third world countries. Hmm. They don't have running water. Um, A lot of them live three or four generations in a two or maybe a three room Hogan or a small home. Um, they need the they need it for living is you know that's why that funding and also the services that's provided and provided because of the treaties that were signed during the 19 I'm I'm sorry I keep saying 19 during the 1800s um, and these treaties unless they have been dissolved are still federally recognized. And it requires that they provide um, medical services, among other things, which was very important as we got to COVID. Well, what's next for you? Do you have any more books planned after this? I did consider a second Native American book. Um, I have since decided not to do that, Mm. partly because it has been so incredibly difficult to get my book published and out there before the public. And so I am pretty much focusing on getting that done because I think the information that's in it is extremely important in this racially divided world that we're living in now. I think the more that we know, the better relationships will be among and between us. In the meantime, where can we find your book? It is on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. um, Should be on Google before long. Um, And it is available in hardcover and soft. And also it can be downloaded and read on any number of tablets. Excellent. Well, the book is called Native American Resilience, A Story of Racism, Genocide and Survival. And it's by Patricia String. So many thanks for joining us today. It's been great to talk to you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Toby. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The throbbing pulse of sound, the Toby Gribben Show.